0: Hello from your favorite Grasslands PR team. This week we're back with another reason why these overlooked and underappreciated ecosystems are objectively the best biome. I'm Rachel.
1: I'm Alan.
2: (laughs) And I'm Nicole. (laughs) Hey, Nicole. Hey. Today, we're talking about something (laughs) very near and dear to my heart that basically no one cares about. Oh. Um, Is it bees again? (laughs) (laughs) Ow. <laughs> no, like, yeah. Ow. You know, the regular sort of bees.
0: The ones that are, you know, all over the place and aren't honeys.
2: <laughs> My art. <laughs> I've been slain. No, it's something that people care about way less than bees. Oh no. <laughs> I mean that's fair. It's crayfish. <laughs> Did you just
0: hold up a reference textbook of crayfish, Nicole?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, yeah, she did. She very dramatically like revealed it to us I, and to you now. Yes, secondhand.
2: Um, the crayfishes of Missouri by William Flegger. Okay, maybe okay. maybe that's how you say his name. I'm so sorry. This man is still alive. It is probably. Upset that I butchered his last name and I'm really sorry. But
1: I think he's probably pumped we're talking about crayfish.
2: I mean probably. probably yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> he's getting name dropped in a podcast about yeah, the yeah. thing he loves enough to write a book on.
2: Yeah, so. you're so right. Um but this was made this was produced by the Missouri Conservation Department. They have so much information on crayfish um in this book on their website. Just so good. Okay. They're one of the only places you can find any information about crayfish. <laughs> online
1: in a (laughs) ecological context yeah because there's a lot in a culinary context
2: this is very true yeah and we will talk about that because it's oh yes pretty insane how many crayfish people eat every year (laughs) okay do you want to guess
1: i have never thought about this
0: it is for the first time in my life also crossing my mind that maybe people are eating these crayfish and not like i i don't really know how crayfish are produced right like
1: they're probably not farmed from like they're probably like are the crayfish that are eaten in the u.s from the u.s like they're native crayfish or are like they eels? farmed elsewhere
2: um so they we'll, we'll just talk about it now
1: because it's, right. it's, it's
2: it's it's really crazy it's just a short little thing that i have um people absolutely love to eat crayfish especially in the south in the u.s um and do you want to guess so they are farmed. Mm-hmm. They are, at least a couple of the farmed species are native species that are farmed here in the U.S. Do you want to guess what state produces nine fish? 90- crayfish. Oh.
1: Louisiana.
2: <laughs> Kansas.
1: Mississippi.
2: Nicole's losing it. Oh, no. <laughs> Come back
1: to us. <laughs>
0: Did we jump the gun a little bit? Should we let you finish your, your uh, question? <laughs> one,
2: of the, one of those states was correct. <laughs> Mississippi. It definitely wasn't Kansas, so I'll, you, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not a lot of Cajun restaurants in the uh, old Sunflower State.
2: No. Um, but yeah, 90% of the crayfish eaten in the U.S. are produced in Louisiana. Okay. 80% of those crayfish that are produced are eaten in Louisiana. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice, they, okay. they love crayfish. Nice. Um, It's estimated to be about a $300 million business every single year. Okay. And it's estimated to be about, this is really, really hard to get like hard facts on. These numbers are from like the people that farm them and the people that are like promoting eating them.
0: Yeah. For
2: what it's worth. But estimated about 150 million pounds of crayfish (laughs) are produced each year.
1: That would add up to so many individual crayfish, because I mean, yeah. how many crayfish must be in a pound? Like fifty. A lot. Yeah. Because
2: these, there are some crayfish that are can get f- quite large. Um, there's a species in Australia that historically would get up to about thirteen pounds.
1: Dang. What in Wait, Australia? Wait, hold up. What? Yeah.
2: Thirty-one inches long, thirteen pounds. That is a lobster. <laughs> <What? Yeah>, That's <laughs> <is> so <laughs> big.
1: That is alarming.
2: That is
0: bigger than most lobsters actually yeah.
2: so that's 80 centimeters or six kilograms uh for non-us folk insane
1: you said 31 inches long
2: yes almost three feet long <laughs> oh that's like
1: Good job. taller
2: than children that
1: is horrifying <laughs> uh. oh
2: no, Do friend. they?
1: Oh, i know we're getting way off track like right off the bat i mean we're, we're they, saying do, the
2: things i want to say just not quite in the order i wanted do to they, say them.
1: do they dig holes like, Most
2: crayfish do dig holes, yes. Even
1: the, th- the three-foot-long ones?
2: I mean, honestly, so the main like reason... the hobbit. <laughs> they're as tall as one, too. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Oh, God. Oh,
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: the main Ooh. reason that mm. crayfish
2: dig burrows is for, like, protection and to help them stay... Uh, like, if they're a burrowing crayfish and they're out of the water, mm-hmm. which we'll get to Um, because oh nicole why are you talking about crayfish they don't even live in prairies but they do
1: Mm -hmm.
2: oh anyways um (laughs) the one from australia i can't remember the scientific name for it but it does live like in streams so they the ones that live in streams proper usually are not really big burrowers like they can dig but a lot of times they don't dig very much so i don't believe that this species digs like Hobbit sized homes in the sides of creeks. because <laughs> That would be Aww. insane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of neat though.
2: It would be pretty neat. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think they're really big burrowers. Okay, okay. Gosh. Okay.
1: Just am- ooh, amazing stuff.
2: Yeah. Do you wanna guess how small the smallest crayfish are? Are they tiny? They're so small.
1: Could dance on the head of a pin.
2: Not that small. <laughs> oh. Okay. When they're babies? When they're babies perhaps. Ooh. Um, but the smallest crayfish at adult size are barely an inch long, about twenty five millimeters. Okay. So like hmm. like thumbnail sized. Like they're so small. <laughs> I mean
1: Yeah, okay. I feel like I've seen a crayfish that size. It was or
2: it was probably a young one though. Like a
1: nymph. Is that what you would call it? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, so the young ones, obviously, they hatch from eggs. They're very, very small. Maybe crayfish just look like smaller versions of adult crayfish, mm-hmm. which is not always the case with invertebrates. Um, but for crayfish, they are. Um, but yeah.
1: Okay. I'm still recovering from the thought of, like, a <laughs> three-foot-long lobster <laughs> bursting out of the ground <laughs> if I was just, like, walking around in Australia. Yeah. With all the other things they got going on. Mm-hmm. That's just that's it's that is a step too far for me. But <laughs>
2: that's that's what did it for you?
1: Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that's really strange.
2: Yeah.
0: They also yeah. have those big earthworms. Yeah. Oh, the gypsum yeah. uh something
2: earthworm. I think it's just giant earthworm. The ones that sing. Yeah, you can hear them moving underground. They're so big. <laughs>
1: You just hear Alan's. them
2: squelching. Okay. I can see Alan's skin crawl from I here. feel like,
1: all right, what, why don't we, I feel like it's our fault that we immediately got you off track. Why don't you tell us, let's, let's go, let's zoom out. Let's zoom out and talk about why our listeners should care about the humble crayfish slash crawdad slash mud bug.
2: Slash yabby slash mud puppy mud puppy there's so many different (laughs) names for these guys (laughs) mud puppy yeah i think that's all the ones i have did you say crawdad
1: i said crawdad i've never heard yabby
2: yeah so yabbies is is, australians call them yabbies oh
1: i got you yeah like even
2: the common names it's not it's not crawfish like it's yabby gotcha um i usually say crayfish my dad says crawdad it's usually a lot of it is just regional Mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong way to call them just call them whatever you want to call them even uh looking in the scientific like papers and stuff crayfish i feel like is the most common one unless you're looking at australian species and they're obviously going to call them yabbies but like if you search crawfish crawdad like all of them come up
1: hmm.
2: no matter what you search so kind of yeah. nice cool yeah cool. at least in the papers that i was looking at I absolutely love crayfish. I think they're super fascinating. They also are very, I don't know, like people think of a crayfish and I feel like they just think of a little brown, gross little thing. But first of all, they can be really tiny and adorable or absolutely gigantic and terrifying. They can also be like brown, dark red, bright red, white, green, blue, spotted, striped, and everything in between. Like they can be a ton of different colors and patterns and some of them are like legitimately really really beautiful looking they do a lot of really cool ecosystem services for us they have very fascinating uh life histories in my opinion and so i wanted to dilate some of that stuff i will say if you fall into the crayfish rabbit hole like <laughs> i did um
1: why <laughs> I, isn't it a crayfish crayfish hole i'm
2: so That's sorry a great point, a crayfish Alan. burrow thank you You're Mm -hmm. so right. My bad. If you fall down the crayfish burrow, there's, if you look at pre-2017 information, the scientific names will not be accurate. In 2017, there was a huge reshuffling of the scientific names and they condensed a lot of them and also split a lot of them. So just keep that in mind. If you're like looking up stuff about crayfish, it can be really confusing. I'm not going to go into detail, but just keep that in mind. Some, like, kind of groundwork stuff that I wanted to go over real quick. Um, they are crustaceans, so they're very closely related to lobsters and crabs, but they live only in fresh water, whereas lobsters and crabs are primarily saltwater, though there are some freshwater species. They're what is known as decapods. They have 10 feet. Um, so they have, like, their big pincher feet. They have some tiny pincher feet, and then they have walking legs. They have two body parts, so that sets them apart from insects, which have three body parts, I get that question a lot whenever I talk about crayfish or insects, like what sets those guys apart. Mm. Um, And their burrows in particular fascinate me, so I wanted to spend some time on that. When you say two body parts, is it like a cephalothorax and a tail? So insects are head, thorax, abdomen, uh, whereas spiders and uh, decapods are going to be cephalothorax and abdomen. Okay. Okay. So just those two body parts cool cool yes so they're like spiders but an extra pair of legs yeah uh yeah they're burrows they have all sorts of different kinds of burrows and different species for the most part fall into like three different types of burrows but even the same species depending on different environmental factors will make different kinds of burrows it'll make more sense in a second so The first type of burrower is going to be primary burrowers. These guys use burrowing as their primary form of defense. That's how I remember it. Okay. (laughs) Um, Against drying out, avoiding predators, etc., etc. Their burrows can be very, very complex. Sometimes it's just like a straight burrow down into the ground, like five feet, with a little cavity at the bottom where there's water. Um, Sometimes it's a burrow straight down with offshoots and multiple cavities underground. It really just depends on the species, how good the soil is for digging, all that good stuff. And I've read differing opinions on this, so I don't know 100% what is true. Because there is usually water in the bottom of these burrows. So at least for a long time, it was thought that they're just digging down until they hit the water table. Hmm so that they will have water in order to breathe and you know stay alive because they need that because they have gills but other sources said that it's not so much that they're reaching the water table they're really relying on like water runoff just going into their burrows and kind of getting trapped in like the compacted mud that they made down there oh okay so interesting not sure that makes sense cistern yeah Um, and what is also kind of interesting is these primary burrows, since they can be so very deep, they will usually have chimneys at the top. So at the entrance, at the soil surface, they will actually build up dirt up and around the entrance. There's a couple different theories as to why they do this. It's not just like, oh, that's the mud and the dirt that they moved because they're moving way more dirt than what this chimney is holding. Um, the, the thought is that it increases airflow throughout the rest of the underground burrow. Okay. So they need that airflow to help oxygenate, oxygenate the water that's down there. Um, and just to keep it cooled off in the summer, things like that.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I always wondered what the chimneys were there for. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is just... This is not related at all. I mean, it is directly related. It's it's an anecdote. Uh Uh-huh. But, no, I used to, like... Okay, whenever I would take kids on hikes, like, around a prairie in Texas, Mm -hmm. you would see these little chimneys all over the place, and, like, kids would have zero idea what made them every single time. They have, like... And you don't expect it to be, like, a tiny little crustacean, you know, Mm -hmm. little baby lobster creature (laughs) digging holes in the prairie. And so we'd, like you know we'd go out and be like okay let's look around like see if we can find any you know evidence of what was here and like you'd mm. almost always find like little dried claws like little you know, sun bleached like you yeah. know pieces of crayfish shell and it'd be like yeah it was just always really fun to find those because mm. yeah like i feel like they're a pretty common sight and yet a lot of people yeah. don't connect it with what it is yeah I
0: see them here in no kansas
2: idea. too yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you can you can literally find them in the middle of the prairie like these these mm chimneys and these burrows do not have to be near a source of water. Most species do prefer to be near water or even in water, but there are plenty of species that are that can be several hundred feet from a water source easily. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty incredible that they figured out how to survive in a otherwise waterless landscape. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And something else interesting, because these, these burrows are so deep, they can still have really, really low amounts of oxygen in the water because Creatures that breathe through gills are still breathing oxygen that is are getting it from the water rather than uh, from the air. And crayfish are actually able to sit kind of like at the surface of the water to keep themselves wet, but they're taking in oxygen from the air, kind of like okay. how a lot of like labyrinthine fish will do, where they like, kind of like gulp air. So,
0: pretty cool. Interesting. Do you think that's analogous to like? roly polies and other isopods like that that are still breathing their gills breathing through moist gills in the air technically
2: like i, I believe so yeah it, it's at least a very similar process yeah, yeah. Ooh. crayfish can they actually pump water um, from their tail up across their gills and exit up up near their mouth like they af- actively will pump water through their gills and they can Ooh. reverse the direction of flow to like clean out their gills if they get gunky Oh kind of cool That's i just found cool. that out kind of
0: like, like <laughs> Ooh, never mind i was gonna say say it's like vomiting but the <laughs>
1: <laughs> no out their well, butt. <laughs> i mean <laughs> well, it's, it's only
2: going through their gills <laughs> yeah exactly okay like gill vomit <laughs> i'm sorry now. yeah no no it's fine <laughs> and if you didn't know so crayfish their gills are like on the sides um like there's really disturbing videos of people like taking parasites off of like saltwater shrimp oh, i've like, seen those I, I don't like it but you <laughs> big can big fan of those yeah you can like lift up the side of their carapace and like that's where their gills are um but yeah so that's primary burrowers <laughs> oh oh right <laughs> that's okay. what we we're talking about yep uh-huh. <laughs> um primary burrowers their primary mode of defense is burrowing they make a lot of burrows secondary burrowers do burrow most often um but they will be near streams they even sometimes will build their burrows like into the side of stream banks tertiary burrowers may or may not burrow a lot of times they just hang out underneath rocks if you flip a rock in a stream and you find a burrow or if you flip a rock in a stream and you find a crayfish mm-hmm. it's probably a tertiary burrower it probably pretty much ne- never burrows it might make like an indention in the bottom of the stream but that's pretty much it wait because.
0: so what is a ter- what is a tertiary burrow <laughs> i don't understand well they don't hardly ever burrow but that's then it's it's not a
2: burrow then it's a tertiary it's a classification of crayfish yeah so you
1: have like your number one top burrowers yeah <laughs> okay you have your mm-hmm. sort of good burrowers and you have your don't even really try that hard burrowers okay this is like
0: yeah. specifically a crayfish classification yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay right. uh, yes is this like taxonomic <laughs> or is it just behavioral
2: so a lot a lot of the primary burrowers are related, so they're going to be the ones that are way far away from a stream. Um, they also tend to be much smaller than the ones that are living in the streams. Not always, but those primary burrowers, a lot of them are related and a lot of them do look morphologically very similar as well. But there is some overlap, especially between like the secondary and tertiaries. And some tertiary species do actually burrow um, but again, it's not going to be really complex burrows. They might dig like six inches down and like have a little cavity down there. It's nothing too crazy. And that's secondary, tertiary.
1: Oh my
2: god. <laughs> <laughs> they don't no. try
1: the tertiaries don't. It's like they don't try good effort, yeah. but not a great burrow. Yeah, like that's a yeah.
0: scrape. It's not a nest. Yes, that yeah. that type of we're putting it into bird language here. For there you. we go. Okay, I have some bird stuff later. What? Mm-hmm. Because they eat them no because sure. of other reasons because of other reasons okay okay <laughs> i mean they do eat never mind okay anyway um, I, yeah they do <laughs>
2: I'm,
0: I'm just i don't know why i remember one time we spent a really long time with you trying to explain that like we've already had this conversation outside of the podcast because yeah. you wanted me to make a graphic at one yeah. point, and i was like i don't understand
1: <laughs> i still don't understand we're getting okay.
0: there yeah we're primary
2: primary source of defense is burrowing yeah they're number one secondary second best tertiary third best. yeah but like what does second best look like
1: not very good
2: yeah they're less better yeah better than the tertiary
1: oh better than than those tertiary idiots for sure do
0: do primary burrowers have like tunnel systems sometimes yeah but they don't have to not always okay i don't like how wishy-washy this classification
2: feels i'm sorry
1: so the main defense (laughs) for Tertiary burrowers, then, would be the cool crawfish thing where they go and like go backwards
0: he just <laughs> bent himself into like a sea like a shrimp
1: <laughs> they do that thing you know what i mean
2: yeah it's called a tail flip
1: a tail flip yeah i love that that's <laughs> oh, great. great yeah yeah <laughs> they're just like bam blast uh-huh. like hit the rocket boosters blast backwards from whatever's trying to get me yes i love that yeah yeah
2: and and a lot of the a lot of the poor burrowers will we'll just erase tertiary a lot of the poor no, 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 burrowers keep using it. it'll make it make more sense <laughs> okay a lot more. of the tertiary crayfish have very like long pinchers they have very long claws and so they just can't burrow because they don't have very good burrowing claws um but those are great for defense and great for like reaching under rocks to like get food and like fish
1: stuff out okay yeah yeah hmm
0: oh because they don't have a burrow yeah but other crayfish also need to reach under rocks to get food and stuff so why don't they have claws? I don't understand they how this is claws. related to being tertiary.
1: These are
2: vague classifications <laughs> that people use. It's very okay. common in crayfish world. So I feel like it should be covered. <laughs> it's not that important no no
1: it's good to know (laughs) i I feel like a crayfish scientist now
2: yeah we should normalize Mm -hmm. crayfish language not that many people know about primary secondary and tertiary burrows
1: no probably mostly this guy right here i mean
2: probably yeah that guy and um there's another guy uh horton hobbs rest in peace um he was known as old man crayfish like 90 percent of the crayfish literature cites this guy. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, he discovered 168 species of crayfish. Oh, I'm sorry what? Described 168 species of crayfish. Yeah. That's
0: so incredible. Yeah. Imagine having your life's work culminate in like being able to be called Old, old man crayfish old man like, that yeah, is, i love is it so good i love it it's amazing
2: um another big influence on me and my love of crayfish um was dr zach lauman of the lauman lab in west virginia um you can find them on facebook okay. <laughs> it's a uh, crayfish Con- conservation laboratory it's just a bunch of big old nerds digging in the mud and it's just amazing and i love <laughs> it so much <laughs> Well, um but yeah so just had to get that shout out real quick So those are the different kinds of crayfish. I want to highlight two species. One is the prairie crayfish. Guess where they live? The prairies! I've heard of them before. Yeah. They're also sometimes called just grassland crayfish. Aww. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) What? What? I forgot I had this in there. I have a really... I have a quote from the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, who also had a pretty good crayfish page on their website. Okay. Kudos. Under Prairie Crayfish, Mm -hmm. I found this quote. The Prairie Crayfish dig burrows in low, poorly drained land that is covered with grasses or other prairie plants. Okay. 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 Yeah. Since so little prairie remains in the state today, this crayfish is most often found near ditches.
1: Oh,
0: no. Oh, Oh, no. That
2: That was in Illinois? Yeah,
1: although it has
0: some
2: prairie. Not, Not much. much. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. It's, they have like 1% oh, remaining. God, that's so sad. They got
1: ditches though.
2: They do have ditches. Crayfish yeah. love ditches.
1: I bet.
0: So do rails. Yeah. I'm sorry for trying to make it about birds. I'm just trying to get a <laughs> Do rails crayfish. love crayfish?
2: Well, I don't know. A lot of birds love crayfish. Probably. Nice. There have been over 200 different species of animals directly related to Eating crayfish.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
2: And I'm sure that number is much higher than that. Um, but these are specifically like prairie species. So yeah.
1: are these like a. I mean, okay, are they abundant or significant enough to be, have like a sort of a keystone effect in a wetland or like in a wet grassland? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. So they are considered ecosystem engineers, oh um, much God. like a prairie dog or a beaver. Um, they do a lot of good for their environment. Yes, and I will go into more detail in
1: a moment. They're like prairie dogs with extra legs.
2: Uh, Sure. (laughs) Do they (laughs) bark? Good question. Okay, so I did find, I didn't read it because I had about 30 tabs open and I lost it. But (laughs) I found a, a paper suggesting that crayfish make noises, but I didn't actually read it what and now i'm regretting it so. wait what apologies okay
0: do you think it was i mean from your glimpse that you got do you think it was more
2: of like a we make vibrations sort of thing or was it like mm. a you know
1: like a stridulation
2: i imagine it's more stridulation i have picked up crayfish and they go like because they're <laughs> like blowing bubbles <laughs>
1: sorry that's uh, that's just right in my ear that sound okay Mm -hmm. all right let's keep going
2: you're welcome um but yeah so i I have heard them like blow bubbles at me Mm. but like you can't do that if you're underwater so
1: true
2: i I don't know there's a lot of stuff to read (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah the prairie crayfish is pretty common throughout its range it does primarily live in prairies um there's another crayfish species that was specifically noted on the Missouri conservation page um, called the devil crayfish, which I you started to mention, Rachel. Yeah. Also very, very uh, abundant. It's one of the widest spread species of crayfish like in the U.S. Um, so they do live in grasslands, but they also will take advantage of other habitats, okay. which I thought was interesting. The devil crayfish is a really fantastic burrower which is why i wanted to mention it um their burrows can be up to 15 feet in length wow and these aren't very big crayfish i think the devil crayfish is like four or five inches it's not a really big one so it's a big burrow for a little guy yeah that's a lot -hmm. Hmm. in comparison the prairie crayfish is about two or three inches long and their burrows are only about six feet long so still pretty impressive for such a little guy but quite a bit smaller the burrowing crayfish have really different lifestyles, depending on the species. Yes, they all dig pretty impressive burrows. Yes, they all live fairly far from, like, bodies of water, or at least permanent bodies of water. But, like, the prairie crayfish, usually there's, like, a breeding pair inside. And really, they once their babies grow up, they kick them out. Um, but then there's other species that... Like, you'll have several generations in the same burrow just, like, all hanging out together. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I'm surprised to hear that they're rearing their young inside these burrows. For some reason, I imagined that they must go back to some
2: water source mm-hmm. in order to breed. Some of them will. So crayfish reproduction is really kind of interesting. And this is where uh bird stuff comes in. So get excited. <gasps> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, I'll ah. so crayfish will go through two molts a year, um, like a lot of birds, and they molt into a reproductive form, like birds molt oh. into like breeding plumage, and then they will molt out of that reproductive form, kind of like a bird molts out of their breeding plumage. So, But with crayfish, they're literally, they cannot mate unless they're in that reproductive form. What? Yeah. Mm. Because... They physically change when they're in that other form. And the males, they have these fantastic, their very first, like, swimmerette on their tail Mm -hmm. are called gonopods. Um, And it is what they use to transfer sperm to the female. But, yeah, and and when they aren't in that reproductive form, uh, they don't have any interest in, like, mate guarding. Um, They literally cannot reproduce, which is very strange, but it works for them.
1: Just like, uh, like the like the the way things are articulated on their exoskeleton is like different. Yes, completely.
2: Mm-hmm. Do they just not have the gonopods? They still have the gonopods, but they. I don't know how to describe it in any way that's any kind of PG. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the non-reproductive gonopods are like. <laughs> she's thinking so hard <laughs> 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 they they're like club-like <laughs> okay okay whereas like the reproductive gonopods are like finger-like <laughs> so they can reach inside yeah okay. okay
0: that is so that feels so unnecessary that's so interesting mm-hmm. that they would do that every
2: single year and there's a lot of so when you're trying to like key out crayfish there's a lot of crayfish and a lot of them look very similar and a lot of times it comes down to looking at the gonopods but you have to look at a reproductive male gonopod in order to identify a species so people usually if you're trying to figure out like what kind of crayfish are in an area you survey either in late fall or even in winter um, when they're in their reproductive form in the summer they're not in their reproductive forms and it's possible that you will get animals that you cannot identify to species
0: oh my gosh this is insane oh i yeah. did not <laughs>
2: that's so different
0: from anything else i've heard of mm-hmm. it's wild
1: that is pretty crazy i mean people are yeah People who study invertebrates are <laughs> something else. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> looking at, you know, gonads under a microscope to try and figure out what is what. That's yeah. Just a, you know, that's next com- level. It's commitment. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. it's it next is. level.
2: Yeah. Um, I, uh,
0: they, they can live multiple years, right? So yes. this is like something they are actually transitioning in and out of. Yes. Okay. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. Just yeah. making sure.
2: Mm-hmm. In general, the crayfish life cycle is born early spring sometimes even like late winter um like there have been like at least the females will have eggs like sometimes as early as like in January so when it's still very very cold out (laughs) especially on like a prairie but the young usually will hatch early spring they mature throughout the summer some species will change into the reproductive form that fall but some it's not until they're over a year old and it's not until the following fall
0: oh, wow. that they become
2: reproductively mature which is extremely slow for an invertebrate
0: yeah
2: um, wow. so yeah and crayfish in the wild live like two three years because so many things eat them mm-hmm. so it's i mean it's a really long time to mature to only live like another six months if you're lucky. <laughs> Okay. Um, but yeah, they do their mating in the fall and the females will wait until it at least warms up a little bit before she, you know, has her eggs and, um, raises her young. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So she, especially with like the females, so they molt in the fall, mate, she, the females a lot of times will molt in the spring later than the males because she's carrying eggs or she's carrying young. Okay. Um, and it's that spring molt that brings them into their non-reproductive phase, um, and the females do, like you said, like they actually show pretty consistent parental care throughout the species. Um, she holds on her eggs under her tail um, using like this nasty, sticky substance um, <laughs> called glare. Don't call it nasty. Glare. It's kind of nasty. Glare. But you can see whenever a female, like if you go out in like January, February and you catch crayfish, you can tell females um, that are gravid have eggs because she'll have glare on her tail um and it's like a pale white substance oh, cool. um okay. so and then she will lay her eggs stick them to that glare and kind of like curl her tail around them to protect them um and she takes care like she keeps the babies around for sometimes a few months depending on the species until they get big enough that like they're annoying her and then she starts eating them sometimes <gasps> oh my god we can't be perfect forever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean
1: that's why you have a lot you know, yeah in case you get hungry
2: yeah well yeah. Funny thing there though is that some species will have like a thousand babies, but there are several species that have like maybe a couple dozen. Like a, like oh. I, I've seen several that listed twenty to thirty young, and that's it every year. That is because so it's just strange. one brood a year too. Also, that so. is
1: very contrary to what you think of. Just in like invertebrate reproduction in general, yeah. you there you always think of them as being like r-selected, like. I'm going to have 100,000 offspring <laughs> yeah. and maybe two of them will live. But that's all I need. Like, yeah. just playing yeah. the odds. So it's mm. very weird to think of, like, a crayfish having a couple dozen. That's not a lot. No. That's very no. small. But Especially
2: that- since they only have one,
1: like, clutch a year. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they take a, over a year to mature in some species. Yeah. So it's like, that is completely contrary to what you'd think it mm. would. their life cycle would be like. Yeah.
0: They do have a lot of parental care though, so I feel like that mm-hmm. does kind of make sense. Um the discrepancy within crayfish yeah. is what's throwing me. But it's like, okay, I can see why maybe if you're like taking very good care of them, you could get away with like twenty to thirty mm-hmm. as your reproductive
2: strategy and stuff. Yeah. And we mentioned, um, like Rachel mentioned some you would you'd expect crayfish to like go to a source of water to lay her eggs and ha- raise her young. And some will do that, but there are some that just raise them in their burrows. Mm-hmm. It again, it just depends. There's so many different species of crayfish and they all have such different lifestyles. So that it's really hard to make generalizations about them. So. Okay. fascinating.
1: I had a question before you move yes. on and that was, cause you were mentioning that they have um, some species will have these like multi-generational mm-hmm. kind of colonies going in these burrow systems. Yes. So what is that burrow system, like the burrowing network, what kind of ecosystem like develops within it? Mm-hmm. You know, like what what are they eating? How are they surviving? You know, like how does that, how does that work?
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question. So there are a lot of different species of, especially like insects that have been known to heavily rely on crayfish burrows as a like a safe haven. Um, so there are some insects that like uh, will actually raise their young in there. So there's a species of endangered dragonfly that like very commonly will actually like raise their nymphs inside of crayfish burrows. Hmm. Um, yeah. There is a chance that the crayfish might eat them, but there's also a lot of other things that they're eating, so it's a the safety of the burrow outrisks outweighs the risk of the crayfish eating her young. So she chooses to raise her young there. Interesting. Um, they
0: are omnivores, right? Yes. Crayfish? Okay. Yeah.
2: So they, they do eat a lot of plant ma- matter. Um, one of their things that they do for their ecosystem is also just they're detri- detritivores. So they eat a lot of, mm-hmm. like, dead stuff. Um, and they're really important in that way. They clean up not just dead plant matter, but actually dead, like, corpses. <laughs> um, there's one species of crayfish that has been heavily cited um, on human corpses, even. What? Yeah. Um, so Yeah. They, they eat pretty much anything they can find. Um, and, like, I had a pet crayfish one time. I honestly don't recommend it um, because if you have any plants in there, just – I hope they're cheap because that crayfish is going to mow it all down <laughs> and eat all of it, Aww. even if you feed her a ridiculous amount of food and she ate all of her siblings. So <laughs> – yeah i love this how this got so personal it's
1: a good psa though yeah yeah yeah
2: they're really cool and they can make really cool pets um fairly low maintenance uh but yeah make sure you don't release them when you're done with them also because that's how you get invasive species between people releasing their pets into the wild and specifically like bait shops and people releasing their bait after they're done with them. Yeah, um, it is. It sounds cruel, but it is better for the environment and probably better for that crayfish if you euthanize them, if you don't use all your bait, if you're buying bait, live bait. Yeah. That's also why a lot of places just straight up don't allow live bait, is because of these introduced species like crayfish. That makes sense.
0: The rusty crayfish is the really gnarly one.
2: Yeah, in the U.S. The virile crayfish and the rusty crayfish are two really big ones in the U.S. Um, both are found in Kansas. The virile crayfish or the northern crayfish, which is easier to say, um, does technically its native range, like dips into Kansas, but it's found like all over Kansas where it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And the rusty crayfish was just found in Kansas uh, just a few years ago for the wow. first time. So, yeah. In it's... Europe, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, so they are North American species. They are. But they're just, they're like native invasives, but they're not, they have a, uh, they're they're expanding their range artificially within the U.S.
2: Yes, yeah, it's primarily humans moving them. It's not just like their range expanding because of climate change or whatever.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So, okay.
2: Yeah, the rusty crayfish isn't native to it's, this area. It's not native to here at all. No, yeah, it's native. I think it's the Northeast somewhere, ish. Great Lakes. Do like a
0: weird clonal reproductive thing that makes them really, yeah, really good at spreading around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: And I think they're one of the ones that have like a thousand babies. I know they're qu- the Northern Crayfish has a ton of young. Um, and I believe that the Rusty does as well. So, yeah.
1: Let's go back to happy things.
2: Okay. Well, maybe we'll skip that part if we want to do happy stuff. Okay. No, tell us sad things. We can get <laughs> yeah. all the sad stuff we over with right some now. We can sad stuff. Okay. Uh, can we? I mean, it's not sad, sad. It's interesting. And then it gets weird. And then it gets kind of dark. And then it gets... <laughs> okay, I'm sold. Let's go. Yeah, okay, right, okay, okay. Sounds this, like a roller coaster. take this journey. Let's go. Okay. Crayfish brains. Okay. Okay. They're really, really weird. And there's been a lot of really messed up uh, scientific stuff that people have done to them, especially in like the 80s and 70s, but into the 2000s as well.
0: Oh.
2: Um, crayfish like insects, don't have, like, brains as we think of them. They're really a bundle of nerves called ganglion, um, and they have little ganglia nerve clusters throughout their bodies. This is really helpful, which is not something we talked about, I don't think, but it's helpful because having these little nerve centers kind of spread out means that they have wicked fast reflexes. If you've Mm -hmm. ever tried to, like, slap a fly, it's almost impossible just because they react so fast same with crayfish and a lot of other animals. There's some really weird experiments on like insects in particular where they like damage like one ganglia just to see what happens. Aww. The answer is it's kind of messed up and it turns out that yes, indeed, the ganglia next to the arm controls the arm. Who would have guessed Um, wow (laughs) Uh yeah so i I don't really want to go into detail on it because it honestly makes my stomach kind of hurt um but there's some really interesting praying mantis ones if you want to look that up um Hmm. it's dark though in my opinion
1: that doesn't seem like the kind of experiment people would still be doing in the 2000s you know yeah I, mean?
0: I can see people doing it to insects though you know but in a way that yeah. like probably in the future we'll look back on it the same way we look back at some of the horrific things we've done to dogs and chimpanzees and stuff yeah 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 because yeah. we know bumblebees feel emotion i was gonna ask if crayfish did but i didn't really want to open that can of worms
1: i know that other crustaceans pain like pain receptors mm. have been identified in other crustaceans yes yeah is that the case with crayfish as far as I know?
2: Uh, yes. And there's actually a really interesting study that recently came out um, about anxiety in crayfish. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is going to ruin crayfish boils. <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, I feel like
0: I've heard stuff, you know, against boiling crustaceans yeah. alive in general a lot recently. Mm.
2: But I, I believe this came out in 2014. Um But what they did, again, a little messed up, but the crayfish were exposed to unpleasant (laughs) electric fields, um, and and afterward were found to have really high levels of serotonin, which in humans is a chemical that we release to counteract stress. These stressed crayfish were given the option of a tank that was dark or lit, um, and the crayfish that were stressed would avoid the lit areas entirely because when they were shocked it was when they were in lit areas so they would purposefully avoid the areas that looked similar to the place where they previously got shocked whereas control crayfish would just kind of wander around freely didn't seem to have a preference for dark or lit areas okay mm. Um, the stressed crayfish were given anti-anxiety meds and afterwards would wander the tank freely because their anxiety had been reduced. Oh. They were literally given benzos.
1: Fascinating. So
2: anxiety exists and is treatable in crayfish. Yeah.
0: And responds to the same treatment that humans respond to. Yeah. Okay, now this
1: is making me wonder now. (laughs) It, does pharmaceutical runoff and stream systems then have an effect mm. on crayfish? Because oh, like has if to. they're like oh, if sure. they're like getting antidepressants from the water, <laughs> then what if they're like, you know, they're just going around like stress free and their uh-huh. like survival instinct is compromised?
2: Ooh yeah, and they're just getting nabbed because they're just wandering around in the middle of the stream instead of taking cover. Whoa! Because anxiety Whoa. can be helpful, especially if you're a very tasty little crayfish. For right, sure, it does exists yeah. for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly. Huh.
2: My therapist likes to remind me that. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa.
1: How much Valium does it take to kill a crayfish?
2: <laughs> Probably not a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. That's like that's Why? not a that's a pretty powerful drug right there. Yeah. Okay. Huh.
2: Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very low doses. Um, so. I found a paper that like summarized a bunch of other really weird things that we've done to crayfish <laughs> for oh, science. No. Oh, God. Um, it's going to be really quick <laughs> but now we're really sized with All them. Right, right, okay. Right. <laughs> so crayfish not only do anti-anxiety meds work on them um, in very similar ways that they work for humans uh so does cocaine amphetamine morphine um meth opioids all of these things have been given to crayfish um and they reacted in very (laughs) similar ways (laughs) as humans do
0: that is actually good information to have because we can't assume that their brains work the same or similar enough to our brains Mm -hmm. that those chemicals would even have like a similar place to land in their brains and
2: it also like, they, they have used this in the past to study, like, things like alcohol addiction and opioid addiction and things like that. Yeah. And use them not quite as human analogs, but – because, I mean, they do still process it differently than we do. But it's brought up, like, this other human analog for these kinds of studies. So, interesting. Um, one quote that I found was – when administered to crayfish, cocaine elicited rapid backwards walking, exaggerated waving of claws as if attempting to defend against imaginary <laughs> attacks from above, and a series of tail flips. <laughs> they just freak out. They cannot handle it. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, I can yeah. picture that's the fair.
0: crayfish with this little
2: arm. Yeah, I'm just, just, just <laughs> freaking out. Swatting at oh, things that, that aren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that that's so weird? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're going to do a bunch of cocaine and then fight a heron. Yeah, that's what they're feeling. Like, <laughs> yeah, bring it on.
2: <laughs> they they also found that like if you kept giving them uh, cocaine, like after several days of uh, giving cocaine to crayfish, um, those really dramatic like reactions stop. Like they build up a resistance to it, and it just becomes more of like a mild stimulant, which just made them pace around a lot.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's wild. Thank thank you for this
2: information. (laughs) You're so welcome. I'm gonna file it into weird things my brain now knows. (laughs) This is
1: good. This is good. Good job, science. Mm -hmm. Uh morphine (laughs) decreased
2: activity a lot too. How do researchers get a hold of the drugs for these studies? That's a great question. How do
1: (laughs) how do you write a grant proposal like grant proposal that's like, okay, so I need
0: cocaine. I need a
1: lot of cocaine. (laughs) I'm going to be administering it That's true, not that much. (laughs) Well, that's true. It's suspicious if you ask for a lot. (laughs) We
0: find that maybe we could find out
2: (laughs) just for fun. Amazing. And the crayfish were found to become drug-seeking. Okay. Like they would actively seek it out and like perform tasks to get it administered to them.
0: That's that's actually pretty intense too. Like it's a level of training
2: too and exhibiting
0: like. Learning. What does this mean? Like, what is?
2: (coughs) They're more. They're much more (laughs) advanced. You know, I don't really know, but they are much more advanced than we give them credit for. Kind of like bumblebees was the only connection that I was gonna make. Which ganglia are the drug craving ones? The head. They they were administered into the head. Okay. In front of the ganglia.
0: Do you think their arms can also become drug craving? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs>
1: i'm just, <laughs> just so i don't know i'm just what this is, about is
0: their tail ganglia what if their tails can start
2: i don't know man like, how do, i don't understand ganglia crayfish can become drug addicts i found that really fascinating there's a lot more notes on that but we voted ahead of time to not go into that, that too much can't
0: become a drug addict
2: well that's isn't that the question because we always think about like mammals and stuff or like birds getting drunk on like rotten berries and Mm -hmm. like uh panthers licking psychedelic moss and stuff like but i don't know it's just it's weird to me that inverts can too
1: yeah it is yeah strange
2: and like these are really old studies that i just had never heard of anyways how do we get back on track from Dude, this? How where do we, we recover? I don't,
1: I don't know where the How where the where here? where the trail even was <laughs> at this point. We started out with like etouffee, and then we went into Burroughs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we went into. Uh, Crayfish torture for a little bit, then, <laughs> then, then, like crayfish drug use, which uh-huh. sounded kind of fun. Nicole,
2: do you like, crayfish? like what's I love going crayfish?
1: I don't even know where we are anymore.
2: I just want to talk about how they are ecosystem engineers. We touched on it a little bit. But let's go more in that. Yes,
1: yeah, okay. we did. So we talked about uh, we talked about the dragonflies that yes. will. So their burrows mm-hmm. become habitat for yes. other creatures. Yes. Okay.
0: I have a perhaps like very stupid basic question about what crayfish are doing out there, mm-hmm. which is like. <laughs> Basically, what are they doing out there?
2: Yeah, what, <laughs> and what are they doing? I wish I mean, like, are they
0: like popping out of their burrow and like grabbing crickets, or are they like, you know, getting roots that are inside their uh-huh. burrow? Or are they just like waiting for stuff to just fall down their chimney and just eating whatever? Like. Glimpses of the world above just happen to fall into their 15 foot depths below. Like, what, I mean, what are they doing? If they're,
1: if they're eating, like, are they eating detritus that gets washed down into the burrow? Like, they, from they like will. overland water flow? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but they also, so a lot of the like burrowing crayfish, the ones that are like in prairies, they are active at night. They will come out of their burrows at night to <gasps> feed. They come
0: out of their burrows to feed? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they go out at night? Yeah. Oh my God. They're
2: sleeping all day. <laughs> And, and partying all night. Aww, yeah, that's really cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, uh, but then there's also been species that that's not true, and they're just active all the time. Yeah, that's and fair. Okay. It's just because <laughs> no one's looking at them, and nobody knows what they're doing. That's so. Fair. Yeah. yeah.
1: No one knows. Yeah,
2: but the best way to catch crayfish is to go out at night and you can spotlight for them.
1: No way, mm-hmm. they have eye shine. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, no. oh, cool.
1: Okay. <laughs> you can
2: also just get like a piece of corn on like. A fishing rod and just like drop it down the burrow and they'll grab onto it and because they're stubborn they will not let go and you can just pull them out <laughs> this is delightful yeah. nice or which is a way that a lot of people do especially the, the crazy crayfish people you can just stick your arm down that burrow and just dig them out <laughs> but you are destroying the, bur- destroying the burrow when you do that so how long does it take them to dig a new one it depends on the species so there are some species um one, one of their big impacts on the environment is that there are some species like the red swamp crayfish is an extremely active burrower and especially in like england where they are invasive they're they're a u.s native but they are invasive in england guess how they got over there and because they burrow so much they are causing really big problems in agricultural fields especially like rice fields oh. um, as well as oh. like horrible stream bank destabilization <laughs> oh wow okay yeah. yeah i can see why that would yeah huh. okay huh. yeah there's a really cool paper that i read specifically about the red swamp crayfish in i think france where they were looking at how often they dig and because of the soil composition of this particular river it's really really sandy and like gritty and so it makes it easy to dig in but it also makes the burrows very prone to collapsing they just don't hold very well Mm -hmm. so the crayfish will dig a burrow come out feed walk around a little bit And instead of going back to the old burrow like most crayfish do, it just digs a new burrow. Because it's so easy to dig a new one. So why not? Um, so now this one crayfish has like thirty burrows within a couple weeks. And it's not just that one crayfish there, it's like a few hundred or a few thousand. Um so it it just it's really bad. They're really gnarly (laughs) impact. yeah Yeah,
1: really affect the drainage and stuff yeah yeah the integrity of the soil i guess
2: yeah it's it's a really big problem crazy Mm. and you wouldn't think that a little tiny crayfish could do all that destruction but Yeah. yeah it's pretty gnarly i found another paper that was published in 2020 which is more recent than that one that actually looked at herbicides and their effect on crayfish and they found that in the red swamp crayfish when they were exposed to herbicides, their digging activity levels increased. Oh, no. So. Why? It's hard to say. They assume because it was a fairly small sample size. um, And this is, I think, one of the first studies to look at this specifically. Um, So they weren't making like too many crazy leaps, but their hypothesis was just that the crayfish were stressed. Um, and that stress caused them to dig more to like, try to fix that stress because what else are you going to do if you're a crayfish? Oh. So it's possible that, you know, especially when you're thinking about agricultural fields and, um, streams inside of cities, which that one, uh, study in France was in the city. There's a lot of runoff of, a bunch of different chemicals happening so these crayfish are stressed and they're digging more and causing even more damage than they would already be doing mm. is a possibility what, what's really weird though about this the second study is one of the two herbicides they tested is actually approved for aquatic use um and is oh used primarily to control like algae and bacteria so okay yeah but it stresses the crap out of crayfish and then they dig a whole bunch so love that
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm
2: Hmm. Hmm. I feel
0: (laughs) the the, like urge bubbling up from within me to complain about regulations and the people that like are motivated to make them and why they're motivated to make regulations the way they do and money.
1: (laughs) (sighs) You're right. We know it's not
0: the time. It's not the time. It's not
1: the time or the place. (laughs) Not we're trying to get a sponsorship from big herbicides (laughs) (laughs) yep that's us that's
2: That's some of the negative effects that they have on the environment but there's a lot of good that they do we already mentioned that like hundreds of species of animals eat them (laughs) Mm -hmm. from birds to raccoons to foxes and fish and so many things they're just very tasty lots of things eat them yeah and like I said, they are considered ecosystem engineers. They're very important decomposers. But all their burrowing also is really, really good for especially the prairies that they live in. Um, they are moving around nutrients in the soil. They're aerating the soil. Um, and they also help bring that water like deep underground. Healthy dirt means healthy plants, which means healthy ecosystem. Good job, crayfish. I found a stat on the Missouri Department of Conservation's website which did not have any kind of citation associated with it Missouri Department of Conservation I know I've been Is this
1: that one thing you told me last year that yeah. is completely insane?
2: Two, yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's there's no. two. Right. There's two. Right.
1: Get ready the for this. The first
2: one. Who can we call? To... <laughs> <laughs> to... The guy guy that wanted shirts from us works for Missouri Department of Wildlife. (sighs) Oh, we should tell him that we have shirts now and also (laughs) ask him for... citations
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who do you yeah. know? Go hey. shake
2: down some officials for us. Yeah, hey you Your shirt's know.
1: here. Also, how dare you?
2: Yeah. I'll <laughs> oh, give you a free shirt no. if you tell me the citation for this outrageous fact. yes Give us the personal cell phone number of whoever was responsible for putting this on the website. <laughs> yes. So we
0: can ask them. <laughs> We're not trying to do bad things. We're just trying no, no. to get the source of information. Yeah. To get to yeah. the
1: truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: what's this insane fact, Nicole? Okay. Fact number one. Is it a fact?
2: I don't know. Okay. (laughs) This is a direct quote. One burrowing crayfish species. Doesn't even say what species. Okay. One burrowing crayfish species that was studied (laughs) brought over seven tons of soil per acre per year to the surface, mixing the entire soil surface in a three-year period. One individual crayfish? I'm assuming they mean all of the crayfish in that acre, but it's very unclear.
1: Uh, that's I mean, that would be a good thing to put some more clear numbers to. Because that's and fascinating. In like a species. Yeah. 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 Seven tons of... Dirt. S- uh, yeah. yeah. Per what unit? Per what
2: seven tons of, of Yeah. Per, seven tons of soil per acre per year.
1: That's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of turnover.
2: Is one crayfish? I doubt it's one crayfish. They said you? one burrowing
0: crayfish. One burrowing crayfish species. So that's not even including the other burrowing
2: crayfish species that are there. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. I wish they at least said what species so that I could attempt <laughs> yeah. to find a citation. But and they did not. Was, yeah. And I... Or not. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe that's yeah. the answer. <laughs> right. I, I have heard that like crayfish move literal tons of dirt, but I've never seen seven specifically cited. Or like that acre parameter. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like... I, there is some truth there somewhere they do move a lot of soil some verifiable truth yes yeah. yeah i just don't know the exact numbers or the species or yeah. any of that stuff so okay fascinating might be is. true hey what's yeah. that guy's name i don't remember okay. i can look at the email never mind i was um, gonna shout him out but what, yeah fine. i mean i have his email i can pull it up
1: so like are um, you thinking like those little little balls of clay that they make the chimneys out of Yeah. So, like, seven tons worth of that over yeah. a year?
0: Oh, my God, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's neat. Look at him go.
1: Nicole. Yes. If you would, please give me the absolute most insane, probably untrue crayfish fact that you have <laughs> that has been published by a state conservation organization.
2: Okay. Are you ready? I am. Yeah. Okay. On a different page. I don't remember what page. Um, I didn't write it down. Quote. Crayfish are the largest and most common invertebrates in Missouri. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did they mean invertebrates? That sounds so that? wrong.
1: <laughs> that can't be true. That's hundred percent not true.
0: There are so many mosquitoes in Missouri. I know. <laughs> I Bed are probably
2: more common than crayfish. <laughs> what? what
1: the largest of anything is never the most common of oh. like uh.
2: <laughs> And they went on there's to clarify. Oh they clarified They clarified. There's a there's a clarification Ooh. here. Are you ready? There can be more than 20 per square meter of water. <laughs>
1: not that many. There's not that many. <laughs> There's not that much water in Missouri. I
0: mean, there is water in Missouri. Are they counting in caves? Oh my god. That gosh. shouldn't matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there Ooh. is probably more invertebrates living, like, on the crayfish in the burrow <laughs> than 20 per square meter.
2: Literally. What is well, happening? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it <laughs> it wasn't just like a slip of the tongue and they meant like macroinvertebrates or uh-huh. macroinvertebrates. we sure. were specifically talking about like water bug creatures because that's not true either. There's 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 so Ooh. many beetles that are extremely prolific. There's freaking dragonfly nymphs and like uh scuds and like so many things that live in the water yeah, what category would make that even make sense
1: it's hard the mind is reeling right now i don't um i really feel what like i meant- would like an explanation from somebody <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> it's the person behind that stat i don't know who i just i would like a little clarification i think mm-hmm. we i think we deserve that i think we do as too. crayfish enthusiasts should
2: we can we call somebody like should i call that podcast? Guy?
1: <laughs> if we're gonna get somebody on the phone right now, but yeah,
2: the largest and most common invertebrates in missouri crayfish, truly really wild yeah.
1: we shall see, but Nicole, regardless of whether or not that last bit of nonsense is <laughs> even remotely grounded in reality i I have learned a lot today I'm glad this has been a real interesting uh yeah i i've yeah I've come. To a new appreciation of crayfish.
2: So
0: glad. Yeah. Um, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Best Biome, which is produced through our nonprofit Grassland Groupies, dedicated to inspiring the conservation of grasslands. In the show notes, you can find our website and all of our contact info and social media accounts. Um, Nicole will post her primary sources in the notes too, so you can find those there. Um Get in touch with us if you enjoyed the show, and if you want to support us, tell your friends about us, or leave us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. We could not do this without your support. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks.
1: Bye! Toodles. Toodles.
0: (laughs) Go catch a crayfish.